Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are in the world. Welcome to the 18th edition of the Scottish Field Podcast. My name's Kenny Smith. My name's Rosie Morton. And we're here to bring you the latest edition of our podcast, where we like to have a wee chat, tell you what's in the latest edition of the magazine, our September 2021 edition. And what's it all about? This month, we have focused on the south of Scotland, which is a treat. We are looking into all the things going on in Dumfries and Galloway and the Scottish borders, including a special feature on Sir Walter Scott, who celebrates the 250th anniversary, 250 years of the man who basically invented Scotland. That's absolutely true. So what is your favourite place in the south of Scotland? Do you have many connections with it? Have you been there quite a lot? I don't have that many connections with it, but I do love Ayrshire. Ayrshire is very, very beautiful. Down, what's it called, Rock Cliff Beach is absolutely stunning. Um, Obviously, there's Glenapp Castle as well, which is iconic. What about you? Do you you have many links down there? I do, actually. When I was wee, my dad's friend owned a house in Port William, which is down in the Mull of Galloway and uh, beautiful down there, quite near to Wigton Booktown and places like that. So I know that place really, really well. Used to go down there and have our holidays there, particularly with all the Gavin Maxwell connections down there, with him having written Ring of Bright Water. So I know all about Midge the Otter and the statue of Midge, which is on top of a rock overlooking Lust Bay. And there's the Maxwell family crypt is down there as well. And there's fantastic stories around like St. Medan, who crossed the Irish Sea in a stone, and you can see the stone there in the beach. There's a beautiful golf club down there. I mean, I'm not a golfer, but the views there are fantastic. And it's just such a wonderful part of the country that I always love going down. It's been so long since I've been there. And actually looking at the magazines got sort of, hmm, I really should get back there before too long. Definitely. You're speaking about golf. One of the features we have this month is with Ailey Barber. And we did an interview with her and she is big into her golf. Massive, massive golf fan, obviously being a sports pundit on the television and I think she was mentioning a few of her favourite golf courses that I would like to swing a club at I mean I'm not going to claim that I'd be any good but I think for the views if nothing else it would be worthwhile wouldn't it exactly you could just be a caddy for somebody and carry the clubs around (laughs) yeah maybe that's the best approach that's that's how I would approach it definitely (laughs) I just think it's such a wonderful part of the country and and it's uh, yes very I've got a lot of happy nostalgia and there's a whole load of family photos from down there in fact on one occasion we went out and uh, we did a fishing trip and my dad caught a massive cod. I mean, it's so, I mean, it's, you can see what I'm doing here, Rosie. You can see how my arms are quite far <laughs> apart, but it doesn't actually capture how big this cod was. So we took it back to where we were staying. You know, dad prepared it and virtually for, there was enough cod there to last this week. So we had cod steaks, we had cod sort of fish pie, cod and chips. It was just anything we could do with cod. And there was still so much of it that we had to give some to the next door cat when we left it was that big a cod and there's a great picture of my dad holding up going yay look at my fish and then he dropped it and my mum actually caught a picture of him having dropped it as well <laughs> oh and lucky Mr Mistopheles or whatever his name was the cat next door yes magical Mr Mistopheles yes he was definitely a, a very happy cat that day actually they also had a dog which was called Mop there we go that's a, a very 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 bizarre name for a dog indeed but yes I think it's a great issue I've thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Alistair Moffat who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about mm. his writing he's, he's recently written his first work of fiction which is set in a, a Scotland where what would have happened if the Nazis had won the war 
and it looks specifically yeah. at Scotland and its implications. But Alistair is, of course, best known for his factual books and the research that he does into the borders area is fascinating. It's just incredible, the, the attention and the level of detail that he goes into, because you can tell it's somebody who cares about the area where he's been brought up and lived and just everything that he's it approaches with such an enthusiasm that makes it such a such a good read. And his latest book, The Borders, A History of the Borders from Earliest Times, is currently available for $14.99. There you go. There you go. Yes, I love this this feature actually. It was Morag Bootland again, our our lovely colleague that did this interview with him. And there's really, really nice stories in there about his dad in Berwickshire, um, where he was an electrician. So I think Alistair would would go out in the van with his dad and, you know, he got to know a lot of the the locals and the, the local haunts as well. So he's got this passion for it. And of course, he was the well, he ran the Festival Fringe as well in Edinburgh for a while. He knows all of his his onions when it comes to all the creative talents going on around the country as well. So, yeah, it's a really interesting read, isn't it? It most definitely is. And of course, it's Scottish field full of the latest and the best country news, interiors, antiques, motoring, gardens, wildlife interviews, whiskey, and of course, food and drink. And yeah. we've got a rather interesting review from the Mystery Diner in this month's issue, haven't we? As oh, Nick yes. Nairn's latest place is put to the test. That's right. Yes, I'd forgotten that's where he went to this month. What did he say about it this month? I think it was all good things. Of course. What's what could you what could you expect other than that of Nick Nairns? So absolutely, we've got the mystery diner has been to Nairns at Port of Menteith in Stirlingshire, which it sounds fantastic. I mean, it's another great project from Nick Nairn, and you know that if his name's attached to it, it's going to be damn good, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. He, he used to have a pizzeria up in uh, Aberdeen, which we absolutely loved. I'm so sorry that it's gone now, but. Um, yeah, we, uh, one of his best, best, best pizzas it had black pudding on top of it with pancetta. And it was just so good. And I would have had it every single day if my waist didn't tell me that it was a bad idea. <laughs> that absolutely sounds amazing. Yeah. I do like it. And I do like a good pizza. And of course, we've got all our regular columnists as well with Alexandra McCall-Smith talking us, talking us through a sailing trip to the Summer Isle of Canna. And we've got... All our regulars and giving us a, a really, I think a really, really good read this month, keeping us entertained and informed. But of course, work is underway at the moment on the next issue, which I suppose we'd better tease and whet to the appetites of everybody. I suppose so. It's the luxury October issue, which is a bumper edition and essentially is definitely worth picking up because it's it's going to have all the luxurious things from around Scotland um, included in it. I have actually just come off the phone to a chap who's going to be in, included in it called Beetle Campbell and he's a filmmaker and photographer and he's been telling me all about his uh, wonderful travels all around the globe actually but also up in, in the highlands and deer stalking and what it means to him to the importance of conservation and all of these things. He works with a lot of luxury travel companies as well. People like Sangresh Travel, who organise these amazing trips for people around Scotland, exclusive use of castles and things like that. So it's really exciting. Um, I cannot wait. Yeah. That sounds really, really good. And of course, this week in the podcast, we've also got, as usual, we have a special guest, somebody who you have spoken with previously as well, Joyce Falconer, the actress. 
I did, yes, yes. So have you caught up with her recently? It was probably I more did. recently than me. I did. She was chatting about her career and, of course, her imminent return to River City, the BBC Scotland soap, which she was in originally back in 2002 when it began. And she chats about all sorts of fascinating things. In fact, why don't we hear from her now? Sounds like a good idea. I look forward to hearing it. My name is Joyce Faulkner and I am returning to play Roisin, the character of Roisin and River City. Fantastic. So of course, before we come to River City, you've had quite a career. So as an Aberdeen lass, what was it that inspired you to get into acting in the first place? Well, probably ironically, it was because I never had a telly. So, um, as a child, me and my sisters, we, we were very creative kids, I suppose, and you were making your own shows. And Although I didn't come from a background uh, in the theatre whatsoever, my dad are fish, comes from fishing and my mother would probably be mere farming. I think I were a lot of storytellers in my family. And as well as in the home, my schools I went to in Torrey very much encouraged music and drama. So that's, I suppose, why I ended up doing what I do. How did your career advance? I take it you do the usual doing the rep theatres and doing tours around the country? Yeah, I started off, I graduated in 1991. So I left Torrey in Aberdeen. And I did a year in Edinburgh, then went on to study at RSAMD, which I found quite bizarre. Drama, I was a bit of a fish out, a fish out of water at drama college, I must say. And then in those days, you had to uh, get your equity card, you had to work for your equity card, which was Panto. So I got my equity card doing Panto. And then I did a lot of devised theatre. In the early 90s, there was a lot of improvised theatre. So I did that and got bits and pieces of telly. Also started writing my own material. So I've been very lucky. I've done a great variety of uh, types of performances over the years. I've got quite a lot of friends who are actors and they've played some very bizarre roles over the years. Some have played apples hanging from a tree and others have played the wind. So what's been the strangest part you've had to date? Well, I can tell you that instantly because I was talking about it yesterday. It was a signal bot, which was about a it was about the great train race, which was when the West Coast and East Coast line uh, in the days of the steam engines and Knebar, uh, which is just north of Montrose, southeastern Haven, the Knebar Junction was where these trains would meet and. My father, who I lost a couple of years ago, I still mind him. The opening line of the show was, I am a signal box. And he just near ended himself. He just thought this was the funniest thing. Me being a classically trained actress and I'm standing there, I am a signal box. And he, he, he just was in hysterics. He couldn't contain himself with the rest of the piece. So I suppose that's one of the strangest roles I have had. Yep. And of course, like most Scottish actors and actresses, you have a Taggart's, you have Taggart credits to your name. Mm -hmm. One was a lassie that was hypnotised and then I flung myself to swim at a, a dodgy, it was about a crooked hypnotist. 
and then I, I flung myself into the Clyde. So I was a dead body in Target, as one tended to be. And then I was, I think, a hysterical taxi. A lassie worked in a taxi office. So that seems like eons. That was in the early 90s, I think, I did my Target. So prior to getting the part of Roisin, which what are the other highlights of your career until then? Yeah, I think I think uh, playing the fairy godmother at His Majesty's Theatre in Aberdeen, where I had been an usherette, that was uh, I love uh, I love that. Uh, that was the Christmas just prior to the soap starting in two thousand and two. I've been very lucky. I've, I mean, I've enjoyed most of the jobs I've I've had in the theatre. You know, whether it's been presenting at the Royal Concert Hall or working in, I've performed in Berlin prison. I was the every woman in Berlin with, with the prisoners and I loved that as well. So I suppose I just, I enjoyed an audience. So what do you remember when you first heard about River City? How did you first hear about it? Was it through your agent? I don't quite I was a buzz about it because it had been spoken about for many years. That uh, Because at that point, I think... I'd done a small part in the high road because everybody, you know, high road was a bit like Taggart. It was a, a bread and butter for a lot of uh, actors. And I'd played a nurse on the high road. I that was my first television part. I think I had one little episode with a few lines. But that was my, my first uh, t professional telly role. And I, I'm sure the high road had well finished by that point. And there had been talk for a long time about a Scottish soap, which initially I think was going to be set in Leith in Edinburgh, if I write the rumours. And then everybody in their dog, so to speak, was getting seen for the soap. And it was set in Glasgow. But I was then told I was auditioning for this part of Roisin, which was then described as a satellite character, because there was the three main families in the soap where the structure of the, the soap was uh, Stephen Greenhorn, the, the original writer, had built it around. And myself and, funnily enough, Shell Suit Bob, Stephen Purden, the role of Shell Suit Bob and Roisin, we were small cameo satellite characters. So it's interesting in a way that it's kind of gone full circle. Stephen's still the only original left. And I'm kind of the only original returning. So what were your highlights? What were your favourite storylines during your initial run in the series? I had a storyline that I was uh, laundering money for a gangster uh, and hiding the money in the sunbeds. That was good fun. Then I, I was an encounter with a gun. <laughs> that was quite exciting. Um, then I won the lottery my character and then at one point the lottery ticket starred uh, I lost the lottery ticket and it went on a journey I think it ended up in a double nugget at the ice cream van and none. It, 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 it had an episode all to itself and it very much captured the public's imagination and then of course I got a screen wedding I had a very tacky uh, screen wedding which was great fun so I had She's, she's been around a, a few blocks, has Roisin. How exciting was it to be part of an ensemble like that, to, when you've got your regular core cast? Obviously, people will come and go, but to have been part of something like that, it must have been a bit like being part of a rep company. Similar, yeah, because when you're working with folk, 
in a daily basis. You all have, you have to go on. And uh, the crew as well, I mean, they're fantastic. It's a hardship. It's more for the crew, to be honest with you, rather than the actors, that, although we've got the learning to do at the end of the day. But it's, a, it's, um, it's quite intense. I mean, it's full-on... Full you're, you're filming at a much quicker rate than you would obviously doing film or, you know, standard drama. You know, you're seeing, I mean, most uh, acting jobs are quite transitory. So I suppose it is, it, it, it's the screen equivalent of rep and theatre, yeah. I mean, how does it compare when you're having to learn so much and so quickly compared to other jobs that you'll have done over the years? It's a different, it's, it's strange, it's a different type of, lear of learning. I, I do know I, you need some expert on memory and learning. I think it must be a different part of your brain because with soap, you're learning quickly and you're, it's almost, you're regurgitating it, you know, you're, as soon as you do it, you're deleting it from your brain because you have to give your brain space for another, you know, whereas, for instance, theatre shows that I did donkeys years ago, decades ago, or poetry that I learned when I was a kid stays in a different part of your memory. But I've always kept my muscle memory very active. I think that's just part of being a performer. I think that's important to keep that side of your brain supple. And I've always done that, even at periods that I've not been, you know, working, just try, try and keep it active by memorising things. Yeah. So what was it that prompted you to leave initially? Well, it was our contractual things. And then I came back in as a, a guest on and off for a while. And then it just kind of, there's changes of producers and things over the years. And I, I suppose I just thought that soap stint was well and truly done because it was quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, when I, you know, from the, my, the initial stint that I was was in it. So it was really quite a surprise when I was asked. But because a lot of the public assume that you choose when you come and go from a soap and acting, and it doesn't work like that at all. You know, uh, actors very much, has, it's all about timing and producers and such like. So when I got the call, I certainly, it was during lockdown asking if I'd be interested. And I, I really was very taken aback because I thought that boat had well left the harbour. So what did you do in the intervening years? What were some of the highlights of what you got up to? Certainly, eh, I've always loved doing pantomime and I've done panto mainly at the Pavilion in Glasgow. I also returned to Aberdeen. I did the centenary there and I think I was still on this soap actually then. Uh, I've also written a few professional pantomimes. Uh, I wrote uh, one for the Arts Centre in Aberdeen, uh, the Alhambra and Dunfermline. So I've written a few as well. And I also wrote a musical and done quite a lot of play pie pints as well. I directed one, wrote one and performed in many as well. Did the Fringe several times. And then, as I say, before... The last job I did before lockdown was at the Adelaide Fringe in Australia, which was very exciting. And that was just, we got back in the nick of time just before lockdown. I think a play, a pine, a pine, is, that's something that's just, 
it's such a great concept, isn't it? And just so much variety yeah. and the timing of it. And that must be a treat for somebody like yourself to be able to go in and do these different parts in it. Oh, aye, it's, it's great. And it's great for the writers as well. It's been, it's, it's been quite phenomenal, actually, the success of it. I'm doing one at the moment at the Fringe in Edinburgh, which is a spin-off of, well, it is a Play Pipeline production originally that I'm doing uh, in a car park in Castle Terrace with the Edinburgh Castle as a backdrop, which is, you'll get a better backdrop than that. Okay, so what can you tell us now that your back is Roisin? How long have you been back shooting? I have done, I've been back for the first, they're, they're filmed in now series, blocks. I'm off at presently, but I had, I think I was, it was a 10-week filming block. So I've done 12 episodes. So obviously we're filming, I started filming that in May. And that'll only be on screen at the end of this month. So when I go back at the end of the month to film, I think we'll be starting to film Christmas episodes. So it, it, it's, it's always that surreal thing in a soap that you're quite out of kilter with the seasons. For instance, a wardrobe saying, Joyce, you really need to put on that jacket. Um, a month or two ago and I was like I, I'm roasting and they're saying but it's supposed to be November come on <laughs> you know so uh, there's always that thing that you have to go right where actually where are we in the actual transmission date you know because you're uh, always slightly out of kilter as is you are when you're filming the scenes storyline story-wise you have to go oh do I know this at this point you know because your order you're filming it and you have to sometimes, you know, just adjust your brain to where your, to where your character is in the storyline. But on the plus side, Joyce, it means you get to celebrate Christmas twice. Yeah. Uh, well, I will see. I haven't seen a script for Christmas yet, but um, I'll I'll be definitely intending going to Aberdeen to, to my mum's back to Tory uh, for Christmas this year. So what are you allowed to reveal about what Roisin's going to be getting up to on her return and what's brought her back? Well, she is now a qualified therapist, psychotherapist, a counsellor. So she went out, she came back from the States. The last time the public saw her, she was away to America with her sugar daddy, Sonny. So Sonny is no more. And she went back to Aberdeen, the story was, to look after her father and decided to retrain off her own bat and she's now a psychotherapist. So the reason I am in Shield Inch is to counsel one of the residents who's been having a hard time. And I think that's followed by a dot, dot, dot and we find out what happens next by tuning in. Yes, yes. Time moves very fast in a soap, and I th it's up to the public's imagination as well how you fill in the blanks in between episodes. Yeah. How was it coming back? Because, as you mentioned, it's only really Stephen from your initial run of the, of the long-serving characters, or the longest, I should say. Yeah, it, no, it was, it was wonderful. And I know a lot of the other cast as well, through the theatre mainly, and there were a few familiar faces in the crew and the likes of some of the guys that were maybe cameraman, cameramen when I was there previously are now DOPs, you know, so 
maybe some folk are in like the lad that was a runner when I was there previous is now a production manager, you know, so there, you've seen them. There were, there were people in the production team that are still there that have maybe moved up the ladder, so to speak, uh, job-wise. So there were a lot, of, a lot of new faces and a lot of familiar faces as well. Um, and, and, and the security guards were the first guys that I bumped in and they remembered me and I remembered them. So that was nice as well. Fantastic. So just in case there's any of the writers tuning in, any storylines you'd particularly like to have? I was asked about this, but no, I haven't maybe had time to think about that. I don't know, is, an, is, a, is a, a character in a soap, I don't know if I've got that much clout, but certainly if I come up with a genius idea, I will throw it their way and see if they um, go with it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm just happy to be back and you go with what you're given and uh, if any great ideas strike me, I'll certainly send it their way, the storyline. Well, I was just thinking, given that you've, you've had a sugar daddy, so why not mm -hmm. go the opposite way and go for the toy boy? That might be in the cards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fantastic, Joyce. Thank you so much for your time today and joining us in the Scottish Show podcast. No problem. Rosie, thank you so much for joining me today to have a wee chat as we resurrect the Scottish Field podcast. Not at all, Kenny. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's such a pleasure and so nice to actually see you again and have a chat. It feels like old times. It does indeed. Hopefully things will be back to normal and we can have more regular catch-ups on a more regular basis. I hope so. And it will always involve food and good drink and good company, I'm sure. So bring on the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Oh, and don't forget the bad jokes. Oh yeah, well we need them, that's that's a given. <laughs> Absolutely. So remember you can visit our website at www.scottishfield.co.uk where you can find brand new original content and you can also find out how to order and subscribe the magazine from there. You can follow us on our social media. We are on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash scottishfield. We are on Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash scottishfield. And we're also on Instagram. Rosie, tell us about our Instagram. We are at Scottish Field Mag, and you can follow us for all sorts of content from photographers around the uh, country. And they share tons of beautiful landscape shots, portraits, wildlife, everything. So if you want to be featured, you can tag us and you may be uh, included on our on our page. So please do. We look forward to seeing all of your beautiful pictures. Yep. And as Rosie said, you can find us at www.instagram.com forward slash Scottish Field Mag. That's M-A-G at the end. This has been a good catch up. Great to see you, Rosie. And hopefully you've all enjoyed catching up with us at home as well. So we will be back very soon with another episode of the Scottish Field Podcast. I've been Kenny Smith. And I've been Rosie Morton. And we will see you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.